This is Montego Bradley from Fans of Patrol, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 356 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. You're nothing like him. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. Be very, very quiet. You're hunting babies? <laughs> you. Are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. This week, we're going to talk a little bit of news and got a couple cool new trailers to talk about. And then we've got our review the first big movie of the summer, A Quiet Place 2. But before we get into all that, how the hell is everyone doing? Marcellus Reagans, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I just have to talk a little bit about my movie-going experience. Uh, movies are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, if you want to head back out to the theaters, uh, I guess now is a good time to do it. But let me tell you, man, I, you know, they have a, uh, they have the system set up now so you can pre-order your tickets um, online. You can just go to the theater and your seat's already there. And I freaking go to the movies and there's, again, there's someone sitting not in my seat but next to my seat. So I have to kick them out. He moves like three seats down. Someone else comes and kicks him out of their seat and I'm in a theater with like a, a fussy kid, people on their cell phones. So being back in the movies, I, you know, I'd rather pay the 30 bucks and just stay at home <laughs> and watch it. <laughs> being back in the movies is great in some aspects and sucks in other aspects. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the movie later on. But that was my movie going experience for this week. Wow. OK. Um, Aubrey, <laughs> one, how the hell are you? And two. <laughs> How, but don't say what you thought of the movie yet, because we're not at that part of the show. Don't give it away for free. But how is your movie-going experience? You know, as a parent, I think if your child is fussy, you shouldn't bring them to the movies. There have been plenty of movies that I saw when Noah was a lot younger and when he was fussy, where I left him at home. And I went and saw the movie without him. I don't understand bringing your child. If you cannot... Bring your child to the movie without them being fussy. You shouldn't be going to the movie. That's that's how I feel about it. But my movie experience was okay. Uh, I had a first world problem where I had purchased uh, tickets for the upgraded showing that has the restaurant inside. And the restaurant was rented out. So I couldn't even get food, which really pissed me off. Because uh, that was the whole point why I paid extra. And, uh, but other than that, it was totally fine. Oh, all right. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, uh, as for me, my friends, uh, I'm doing pretty good, you know, still, uh, rock and rolling to my new job, uh, clanging and banging at the gym. I hit a new low on the scale today. So that was pretty awesome. My movie going experience is very strange. So one thing I'm struggling with with my new job, and we may have talked about this previously on the show 
is that when I go out now, there's people around. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not used to that. And one thing we used to do with the kids, when me and one of the kids or both of the kids wanted to see a movie, was we would go on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning around like 11 o'clock, 1130. Um, that just kind of became habit for a lot of reasons. One, when you're working third shift, I could still go to the movies, come home and go to bed, and I would have plenty of time to get sleep. Or two, when the kids were much younger, if we were going to see stuff that wasn't kids movies, but wasn't like, you know, too inappropriate for them or anything. At least we, it was earlier in the day. There wouldn't be a lot of people there if we needed to get up and use the bathroom or move around or whatever. We were fine. So I'm used to going to the movies when there's no one there. And then pandemic wise, you know, they were blocking out the row in front of you, blocking out the row behind you, blocking out the seats on either side of you. So when I did go to the movies during the pandemic, there was like no one near us. So we go to uh, a quiet place, too, and because <laughs> of Janine's work schedule and the fact that I don't have to go to sleep. Um, we ended up going at 730 on a Saturday night. And the place was packed. Of course it was. <laughs> it was packed. And so in Massachusetts, they decided on um, Saturday a.m. at 12.01 a.m. COVID is officially done. It, it's done. It's all set, guys. Don't worry about it. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. They repealed uh, all COVID restrictions as of Saturday. So, you know, they didn't block out seats next to you or in front of you. So there were people sitting right in front of us and people sitting right behind us. Nobody sat directly next to us. And I always buy the seats right on the end of the row so I can put myself between the kids and anyone that would sit next to them so they can at least enjoy yeah. their time at the movies if there is going to be people sitting near us. Um, but everybody, for the most part, was quiet. Nobody was on their phones. Nobody was talking to the movie. Everybody was uh, bought into the movie. So that part was fine. It was just crazy how packed it was and how everybody was sitting close to us. It was really strange. Um, it's it's just a weird vibe everywhere in Massachusetts right now. And I don't know if you're dealing with that as well, Mark, going out and about. But, like, you don't know, like, am I supposed to wear a mask? If I'm not <laughs> supposed to wear a mask, are they going to let me in if I don't have a mask on? Uh, is everybody in there going to have a mask or are they not going to have a mask? So like um, Saturday morning at the gym, I would say like 50, 50 people had masks. People didn't. But literally all the social distancing flyers and posters and it was all gone. Yep. <laughs> it was all gone. It was like February 2020 in there because <laughs> <laughs> they had like every other uh, treadmill was blocked off and they had like plastics up all gone. <laughs> And then when I went in this morning and went to work out, like no one was wearing masks. <laughs> it's just like what, what, like I don't want to be like some like uh, scaredy cat or like anything or, or act like oh if I don't wear this mask, like I'm gonna get COVID or whatever. I mean, people have different feelings about it, but it was just crazy to me that like the governor said, okay, tomorrow all the restrictions are gone, and then everybody was just like snap, right. and nobody wears masks, nobody. The worst part of all of it, the worst part of all of it, not even the worst part of like, maybe I'll get COVID. This is worse than that. When you go to the gym, you need to clean the machine after you use it. And that was before COVID, like, cause you, you're sweaty and gross and you're touching this thing and sitting on the seat and leaving sweat stains all over it. And you wipe it down after you're done. And during COVID time, because everybody was scared, the gym would close again. Everybody was a psycho, like wiping everything down. It feels like somebody flipped a switch. Everybody's back to being gross slobs again. <laughs> People were not fucking wiping down the equipment. It was gross. I hadn't seen a sweat stain on a bench in a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there there it was. It's like, oh, no. Well, it's like but, you said, dude, COVID's officially over in Massachusetts. So 
people are just going to yeah. run wild. Yeah, I don't know about the other 49 states, but <laughs> in a Massachusetts, COVID's fucking done. It's done. I still haven't got my vaccine, but yeah. I wear my mask everywhere, and I just I just take the looks. People look at me like I'm crazy, and I don't care. I'll just I'll take them because I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure we're there yet. Um, I feel like we're there right now, and then in three months, because everybody are assholes, we're gonna be right back where we were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like what happened? Well, uh, you know, someone snapped their fingers and everybody stopped wearing masks and cleaning their hands. <laughs> right back <laughs> to this bullshit again. But uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's that was my excitement. So my movie going experience wasn't as bad as yours, Mark, and it wasn't as annoying as yours, Aubrey. But it was just creepy and weird. But other than that, enough about us. Yeah. Let's talk about us, Mark Ellis. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find more? So was your podcast. All right, so everybody can go over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. Uh, you'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you will find some recommendations on new movies, books, and TV shows from the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. We have a tea public store where you can shop to get some t-shirts, sweatshirts, journals, coffee mugs, baby onesies, all types of things with the SoWizard Podcast logo and designs all over it. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, so definitely get at us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find our show wherever podcasts are found, including Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite, Spotify. We have a YouTube page with videos going up constantly from Adam Mollyhawk, including movie reviews, trailers, uh, trailer reactions, and interviews. Uh, we have a Patreon page where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month, and you will be receiving bonus content and exclusive content from everyone here at the show. Shout out to all of our podcasting family in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. All right. Well, we've got news to talk about this week, Marcellus. So let's drop that drop and let's talk that news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. So this week in nerdy news, we had uh, an announcement for the Spider-Man Sony Universe. Uh, the Sony Spider-Man, not quite Spider-Man, but. <laughs> Maybe part of the Spider-Man universe. Uh, we got a, a casting announcement this week. They were there was a rumor before about they're making a Craven the Hunter movie that we talked about. I'm sure we all pretty much thought that that was a bad idea because you kind of need a Craven. You kind of need Spider-Man in order to tell a good Craven story, but that's not going to stop Sony. Uh, they have cast Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter. Uh, you might remember Aaron from uh, Kick Ass. Uh, where he played Kick-Ass and as Quicksilver in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. So I actually think he's a really good actor. Uh, you know, he didn't really get that much to do in Tenet, uh, but he was in another movie, I can't think of the name of it, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams. Uh, it was like some weird, freaky movie, but he was really good in it, playing a psychopath. Uh, he's actually a pretty decent actor. So, uh, you know, I saw pictures of him, like, all buffed up with a big beard, and I'll buy him as Craven. I mean, visually, he looks all right. But uh, 
yeah, I don't know. He's back in the comic book universe. What do you guys think of Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven? Let's start with Aubrey. Um, I thought that Keanu Reeves was going to be Craven the Hunter, and I buy that much more than I buy this guy. Well, you need I'll some. Always think of him as Kickass. I can't. I can't unsee it. You're going to need someone that's going to be around for the sequels, and Keanu's getting up there in age. No, no, don't you say that, Marcellus. <laughs> Plus, he already has, like, Bill and Ted, Matrix, and John Wick. He has enough franchises to, to, to he, juggle. He can let go of Bill and Ted <laughs> and the Matrix. I don't care about sequels to those. Just continue on. Be Craven the Hunter. I like that much more. Okay. All right. All right, Joey, what about you, man? How do you feel about this dude coming in as uh, Craven? Well, uh, I think this is stupid. I don't understand why we need a Craven the Hunter movie. <laughs> I don't know the groundswell of people that are reaching out in the darkness demanding a Craven the Hunter movie. Is, that, is there anyone? Is anyone, anyone demanding this movie? Uh, but we have to get our Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe. Right. <laughs> it's like, disclaimer, Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe may not contain Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. I I, I, I agree with you, Markellis. He's a really good actor. Um, he's great in Kick-Ass. I liked him as Quicksilver, but then he died. So you know, okay. Um, and like you said, they, they I've seen pictures of him with a beard. He looks the part. It just depends on what the story is going to be. The I I could actually see them bringing him in as a villain in a Venom movie. Yeah. Um, because that's what in the ultimate comics so in the spider-man original comics he's like a legitimate like hunter um in this ultimate series he was like a reality show star so he was almost like a demented steve Irwin type okay and he came to new york to hunt spider-man because that was going to be the greatest game that he could film for his reality show and but i thought uh, that they weren't connecting the two sorry uh like they're not so oh, okay. I, I would say he could like come and search for Venom instead, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I would wouldn't be okay with him in a Venom movie, but I just I can't understand like what even the story would be for a, a standalone Venom movie. I, I'd like to see them get some really good talent on this and prove me wrong, but I I just I I'm not interested at all, and I'm like the biggest Spider-Man fan you guys know. So like if I'm not interested, good lord, you know, <laughs> you can only imagine. Well, you know, time's going to tell because, you know, they so far in this Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe, we've only had Venom to kind of base everything on. You know, we still have to check out Morbius. And they did say that starting with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is supposed to be kicking off some kind of once that movie is over, we'll have a better idea of what Sony plans on doing with the Spider-Man cinematic universe. Uh, you know, they, they've introduced multiple characters, so there's a good chance there might be a Sinister Six movie coming, but they're definitely, they are definitely laying some groundwork and all will be understood, hopefully, by the time we get to the end of Spider-Man, uh, the new Spider-Man movie. I hope so. Sure, there'll be a, there'll be a flashback of Uncle Ben just sitting in a chair, like uh, the architect in the Matrix, ergo, <laughs> with Venom. Visa V, Visa V Morbius movie no one wants to see. Visa V Ken Craven the Hunter, right? All Visa V Spike Lee directing Nightwatch. We'll all get our answers, uh, hopefully at the end of this year. Ergo jackpot movie. 
All right, so uh, so then we got a few trailers to talk about. A couple of I'm trailers. Sorry, I, I could just see him sitting in a chair, being like, "Do you really think this is the first time someone made a shitty superhero movie?" <laughs> <laughs> and they queue up Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. There's like this thing, it's a Superman cinematic universe, maybe starring Superman. That's right. Fucking like the Crow Seven starts playing on the TV behind him. <laughs> Eddie Furlong in makeup is there. <laughs> oh man okay all right faint evanescence playing in the background sorry okay go ahead all right so uh so we had a couple of trailers that dropped this week uh one was for a movie that i swear was going to be the new edgar wright movie but it turns out it's not uh, it's a movie called gunpowder milkshake uh, and i've been seeing pictures of it for the past few months uh, but they released a trailer it's uh looks like an action movie kind of reminded me a little bit of the Harley Quinn movie. Uh, this one stars Karen Gillan as an assassin who uh, goes out for a job and then kind of walks away from it because she wants to save the life of a girl that was kidnapped by these bad guys. Uh, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, and Carla uh, Gugino as uh, women who work for this, uh, who kind of help these assassins with their weapons, kind of to kind of work the weapons for them. Uh, Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones is in it as Karen Gillan's mom. And uh, Paul Giamatti is in it, too, who may or may not be the bad guy. But the, the movie looked like it has a lot of action. Other than the actors, there's no one big behind the camera. But it looks like a fun B action movie. Like I said, it reminded me a lot of Harley Quinn. Um, but it, it could be cool. Um, what did you guys think of the trailer? Let's let's go back to Joey. <laughs> Uh, long-time listeners of the show should have no issue figuring out what I thought of this trailer. So. <laughs> like Karen Gillan stars and stop right there. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I, I was already a hundred percent in. That's all I had to say. Um, no, it looks, it looks fun. It looks like something I'll like, but I gotta tell you, I'm starting to get this weird vibe where now we're getting this wave of action movies that are all very John Wick influenced. Yeah. And I feel like it's like cynical of me to notice it but like it's noticeable you know it's just like we're about to get away like a, i think actually a second wave of tv series because of game of thrones so game of thrones became really popular and then we got like terrible stuff like shannara chronicles and stuff like that and then it was still popular and now we're going to get a wheel of times tv series and now we're going to get the lord of the rings tv series um so like John Wick was is done really well. So now we're going to get Atomic Blonde and now we're going to get uh, 500 Jason Statham movies and we're going to get, uh, you know, Gunpowder Milkshake and Nobody and blah, blah. And as much as I love Nobody, I mean, it doesn't exist in a world where John Wick isn't a success. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. It looked it looked cool. It looked fun. I'm 100 percent for Karen Gillan because I'd crawl naked across a football field of broken glass to like smell a chair she sat in three years ago. But it just looked like action movie number 657 to me. And if I feel that way, I can only imagine what Aubrey feels like. Well, that's a good question. Let's go to Aubrey because, Aubrey, I know you love action movies and I know you love uh, big badass females. So what did you think of this trailer? Um, I feel like I've already seen this movie, so I'm kind of <laughs> over it. You sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling... I saw it when um, Charlize Theron played Atomic Blonde. Was that who played Atomic Blonde? Yes. I don't even know because it looks like the same movie done over and over again about a million times. 
So uh, I don't know. It it's super. I like Karen Gillan. I appreciate her as an actress, but it I'm over it. I'm over this actiony. Here's a badass woman who's supposed to be a spy, and now she's not. And she does all these cool little kickflips, and she wears wigs and a and a long trench coat, <laughs> and, and carries a briefcase. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Um, so you know what I gotta say to you, Aubrey, when you think you're not gonna watch uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yeah. I was already I was already ready to press that, and uh, Aubrey, <laughs> I just want to remind you, we also have Black Widow coming out pretty soon too. So if you don't like <laughs> badass redheads kicking ass, you might be in trouble. <laughs> Fucking dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> David Harbour saved my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Gunpowder Milkshake is coming out in July, I guess, to compete with the other badass redhead that will be kicking ass in July. But yeah, it looks cool. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So then the other movie that actually is the Edgar Wright movie that's coming out this year that I thought Gunpowder Milkshake was, uh, we got a trailer for Last Night in Soho. It's Edgar Wright uh, dipping his toes into the psychological thriller aspect uh you know i love him for obviously for the cornetto trilogy a hot fuzz and shauna the dead and i also love scott pilgrim and his tv show space i think he's an amazing director uh him dipping his toe into like alfred hitchcock land uh is very interesting to me i'm very excited for it it stars anna taylor joy who uh, we all know from queen's gambit and amongst other things and uh, Thomason McKenzie, who you might remember from Jojo Rabbit. She was locked in the uh, cabinet in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, but yeah, it's about a girl who uh, moves to London and somehow finds herself traveling back in time to the 60s, where she's uh, inhabiting a body of uh, her idol from the 60s. Looks very trippy. Looks very weird. Uh, but I'm down for it. Aubrey, what did you feel? How did you feel about the trailer for The Last Night in Soho? Um, I really enjoy psychological thrillers. I don't know if it's because it makes you think or what it really is about them that I enjoy. Um, so I'm actually really excited about seeing this because this is right up my alley. It almost reminds me of the show Life on Mars, which I absolutely loved. It was only one season long, but it was phenomenal. And anytime anybody asks me what to watch, I always recommend that. So I'm super excited. Cool. Aubrey, were you a fan of Life on Mars? Were you a fan of the British one or the American one? Um, That's a good question. I don't know which one it was. I think it actually was might have been the British one. everyone speaking British or, Eng- or American? <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I almost said British or English. <laughs> it might have actually been the British one. I think it was. Well, now yes, you have an American one to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can I didn't get, even know that there was another one. Just like all good British shows, there's an American version of it somewhere. There's an American <laughs> version. Of, there's an American version of Spaced somewhere that lasted one episode, and they got rid of that shit real quick. Um, Joey, what about you, dude? How did you feel about this trailer for Last Night in Soho? Um, this reminds me a lot of the Eternals trailer for me from last week. Is that I'm excited about anything Edgar Wright wants to make. I'm excited about it, even. I did see Scott Pilgrim. I didn't like it, but I did see it. Um, but after Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, I mean, he's got a pass for life with me, so he can make shit movies for the rest of his life, and I don't care. Um, 
he gave me three awesome movies and that's good enough for me. But yeah, seeing his name on the credits means I'm there day one. Anya Taylor Joy, the uh, reigning woman crush of the year. <laughs> it's say no more. My heart is a flutter. And uh, I'm, I'm all in, man. I have no idea what this fucking movie is about. It looks weird as fuck. And I hope it's not too weird. I do enjoy more of his goofy uh, fun side. So yeah. I, I, I'm interested. Is this going to be is are we being are we having the wool pulled over our eyes? And this is actually going to be goofy and weird. Or are we is he like going off in a whole nother direction and trying something completely different? Um, either way, I'm 100 percent on board. So obviously we're going to do this on the show. I just can't wait to check it out. And I honestly I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to watch any more trailers. I don't want to read about it. I'm, I'm good with what I got and I want to go in cold. So. Yep. I would say based on his other movies and the next step that he took with Baby Driver, which is unlike any of his other movies. Um, I definitely think this is going to be not going to be a goofy movie. This is going to be his next evolution as a filmmaker. I think this is going to be more in a baby driver uh, line of filmmaking than a uh, hot fuzz. That's okay. I thought baby driver had some really funny parts in it. So, you know, I don't mind it being serious, but having some fun in it. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever made a just straight serious movie though. Uh, not that I'm aware of now. Well, this could be the first one. So this sure one... it'll make like $5 at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get three downloads that week. <laughs> People love Edgar Wright. The fact that Baby Driver was a hit uh, kind of shows that that uh, he's not just like Kevin Smith, where he has like his his fan base of people that love him automatically. Like he can appeal to a, a wider range of uh, of people. Yeah, so, and that's part of the reason that I get excited about this kind of stuff. Or even like when Spiral came out, and it was like. I don't watch Saw movies, but Chris Rock's like, I have a cool idea for a Saw movie I want to make mm. and like jumped into the creative side of it. Like I like seeing people take like risks and going outside their comfort level, especially if they're people I like their work. And it's one of the reasons that I've always kind of, I don't know, like I've always kind of like side eye looked at Kevin Smith sometimes because, you know, he he did take a slight step. Uh, Jersey Girl didn't do very well and he immediately ran back to dick and fart jokes. So. <laughs> There's I was a, always a little disappointing. I, I, I just remember him being held up as this nerd savior that was going to make cool comic book movies and mm-hmm. he was going to branch out and make all these different movies. And then it never happened. So, hey, he tried. People hated it. He went back to where the money was. I, don't, I guess so. He did make Red State. Red State was actually pretty good. I actually liked that movie. It was better than Yoga Hosers? Uh, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, getting punched in the nuts is better than Yoga Hosers. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, watching paint dry is better than Yoga Hosers. But hey, private school ain't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Last Night in Soho comes out October 22nd of this year. It's already on the list. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so that's it. That's it for the news for this week. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk all about A Quiet Place too. Some podcasts are like this. The bodies of three hikers were all empty and their organs were laid out like a Sunday dinner. And some podcasts are like this. You know what? I'm going to tell you why having a large penis ain't always a good thing. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Oh, you want that to blow up in real life? Fuck it. Let's oh, do you're it. such a money slut. Take it all. <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn that boy into goo into a fucking helicopter? Yeah. Uh, Fuck yes. <laughs> goo him up a lot. Oh my God. 
This is Beat 'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. And we are back. All right, guys, we all had a chance to check out A Quiet Place 2. It's the first big movie of the summer, the first real big movie since the pandemic ended a couple days ago (laughs) in Massachusetts, (laughs) at least. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to go non-spoiler to start, and then we'll let you know when we're spoiling. In case you haven't seen it yet, you can bounce and come back when you have. The rest of you stick around for some more discussion. So to start, what did you think of A Quiet Place 2? um it was okay i liked the first one a little bit better but it it was okay it wasn't horrible mark ellis i like this movie i had my initial reaction when the movie was over and i think part of it had to do with the crying baby and the the cell phones (laughs) that it was uh that was distracting me um but yeah, the more I thought about it after the movie, the more I really, really like it. And I actually do want to go see it again. It'll be on Paramount Plus in 45 days. <laughs> I will be subscribing to Paramount Plus in 44 days. I will share that subscription with you and then I can watch football in the fall. Boom. <laughs> All right. And I will let you guys know that you both suck because I <laughs> fucking loved this movie. I thought it was great. It was awesome. It was on par, if not better than the first movie. No. And it was like having a fucking panic attack for two hours. I could not unclench my butthole for like (laughs) six hours after I left the movie theater. But it is, I thought it was phenomenal. I I thought it was really, really good. Um, And I just was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. So looks like that's a thumbs in the middle, a kind of thumbs up and a big thumbs up from (laughs) us. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I think it's fair to say we at least all think you should check it out. Yes, especially if you like the first one. Right. So we're going to drop the drop, and now we're going to spoil A Quiet Place T.O.O. starring Jason Bateman, Mark Ellis. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I had seen the future, and I had to prevent it. All right, guys. We're going to start like we always do with things that we liked. Aubrey, what are some things you liked about this movie? Um, I do like the thriller aspect of this movie a lot. I like the concept of it. I think it's really interesting. I do like how this movie kind of pipes you up. And it, and it might be in part because you have to be quiet. So the parts where you do have to be quiet and where there is that jump scare kind of aspect to it those are are really interesting so that i do like i like the story i think it's really interesting i really like cillian murphy i like him in pretty much everything i've seen him in so this movie was really no exception to that awesome awesome mark ellis what about you i really liked the opening sequence of this movie i thought that was done really well Uh, it was really good to see john krasinski back uh, and it was nice that it touched upon like all the, the all of the things from the first movie, like the the slow camera pan as it goes past the the little spaceship or the little space shuttle that his his son wanted in the first movie. Uh, that I thought was really cool. Um, it gave a really good idea of what the town was like. 
Uh, and the way that it plays with sound, I thought was really, really cool. Like that town was super quiet at the beginning. <laughs> and then every noise was like amplified. Everything, every time someone did something, it was completely amplified. Um, I, and I also liked that this movie wasn't like, I was, I swear, I was thinking that for part two, it was going to be more like, like aliens to the original alien movie. Like it was going to be, you know, bigger and more, uh, you know, expanding and, you know, bigger special effects and bigger chase scenes and all of that stuff. And this one is literally like the next chapter. Like it's just part two of the first movie. They don't do anything like completely outlandish. They just carry the story forward. So that I thought was really cool. And it works really well. And John Krasinski is a, he's an amazing director. He really is. He's, he's really, really good. I was really impressed with how he was um, setting up these situations and making it um, very suspenseful in these situations, but also providing what's essentially a popcorn movie. Like, it, you know, it, the the last quarter of this movie where you have like the story divided up between different characters and how they each balance out, I thought was just chef's kiss. I thought it was beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I really liked uh, a lot of this movie. All right. Well, um, you know, I absolutely love this movie and I agree with you, Marcellus. And I was going to ask you, Aubrey, what did you think of the opening of the movie where it started at day one? I got to be honest. I walked into the movie a little bit late. <laughs> so it was day two for Aubrey, which showed up. I did see the part where John Krasinski and his daughter were getting in the car and there was the cop car with his lights on. Yep. Oh, my God. You missed the whole fucking build up. <laughs> so I have no idea, like, how they knew Cillian Murphy. Aubrey's like that fucker that shows up at work like 45 minutes late, but they got a big ass iced coffee and like a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> There's it's like so, a quiet I mean, place. Here comes Aubrey with fucking popcorn bumping in front of everybody. Marcellus is drowning the over. She has her flashlight out because she can't see in the dark. Because that's when we showed up, and we were trying to figure out why we couldn't get food, and then we found that they somebody had rented the whole restaurant part of it. So we ended up late to the movie. All right. Well, uh, never mind. Yeah. So I missed that. <laughs> All right. Well, I really enjoyed that part at the beginning. I loved the one thing with this one and the first one is just that it's like I said, it's like having a fucking panic attack for two hours. It's like the just creeping sense of dread. And they did. So they've done such a good job in the first movie and in this one in establishing like how hard it is to kill even one of these things. Mm-hmm. When you don't have this special um, guitar amp um, machine, it's really hard to kill one of these things if you even can. I don't know if you can or not. So, you know, in every sound, every move, every corner, everything is just like ex- um, what word I'm looking for. It's like amplified, magnified. And it's just like, oh, no. Like I kept there were multiple times throughout the movie. I was just like, oh, no, what are <laughs> you doing? Or like. Not that. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't make that noise. I'm just like freaking out the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that intro is great. It's just the sense of like something bad is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. And it's a trope, but I love that shit where like he went into the store in the beginning. Yeah. And on the TV, something's happening. Right. <laughs> And you're like, that seems really important. But to the character, it's just mundane, like going about his life, not noticing. But you're like, there's some look, there's something happening. 
<laughs> that's important right there. Um, th- I, I, that's a huge trope, but I love it. And it, it was right there. So, um, yeah, that whole intro was fucking great. Um, uh, the, the child actors in this amazing. Are you, you guys on board with that? Aubrey, you like the kids in this? Yeah, they're fantastic. They're like, they're going to go someplace. Is that girl really deaf? Yeah, she is. Oh, uh, when the kid got his leg um, caught in a bear trap, <laughs> As I'm like, "Come on!" <laughs> it's just, but the acting on that was amazing. Like mm. the way he was screaming and reacting to it was fucking realistic. Yeah, and there's no way you can be like, "Dude, you got to shut up!" Because these creatures are going to find us. He was screaming his head off, as I would imagine one would when her foot is caught in a bear trap. Yeah, but just the way. As somebody who has kids, you know, and the way he reacted, like crying and yep. screaming, like, like it was that was fucking that was great acting. That was realistic. Um, so that's what the kid actors were fucking amazing. And again, going back to things in the movie where you're just like, see something happen and you're like, fuck me. No, that <laughs> that fucking towel. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that towel was bad news when I saw it. I'm like, that ta- that something's going to happen. That fucking towel. Yep. <laughs> What a bad idea. Um, and of course, you know, the baby being in danger. How scared of for the baby were you, Aubrey? Um, I kind of hoped that they would just use the baby as bait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, you're not a terrible, awful person. How scared were you for the baby? <laughs> uh, you, it's one of those things where I wasn't quite sure, like, what was going to happen to this family. Because I... You know, they did kill the little kid, like the the youngest one in the first movie, mm-hmm. and and oh, spoilers if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the first movie, uh, they have a kid that that died in the first movie. Um, so like anyone could be gotten in this one. I thought like maybe the mom was gonna get it. So if the baby got snatched because babies cry, that's what they do. Um, that would have been devastating, but almost I almost kind of wouldn't have been that surprised. Yeah, I was terrified that something was going to happen to the baby. And um, Janine was sitting next to me and she's like, oh, my God, the baby, the baby, the baby. Yeah. I'm like, they're not going to kill the baby. It's not that kind of movie. But then I'm like, man, maybe it is that kind of movie. And I'm a terrible <laughs> parent for just saying it's not the baby's not going to die. But they do a really good job of, of making you care for the characters and then putting them in horrible, terrible, perilous situations. Yeah. Um, Especially the uh, you get to like the little oxygen tank and you see like the needles going down to the red and you're like, <laughs> if the baby doesn't get that oxygen, that baby's crying and then they're all dead. Yeah. So the the girl leaving on her own, I agree with the brother. That was a fucking terrible. It worked out, but it was a terrible idea. <laughs> what a terrible idea. Um, and then just the other thing that I really and I liked the whole movie, obviously, but the one thing that I loved and just walking out of it, talking to Janine about it was like a, a shittier movie would have had Cillian Murphy's character be a bad person or turn on them or be crazy or, and that would have been the whole movie, but he actually was just a, a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that was great. I was so happy about that. <laughs> I was just like, okay, he's a good guy. He's going to help them. He's going to help the little girl. He's going to help their family. So I was actually really happy about that. I, I liked him being in the movie. Um, and it looks like he survived at the end. So that was good too. But with the good must come the bad. Aubrey, you had the lowest 
impression. I, I don't know what word you would call it. It's not a score yet, but you were the lowest uh, excitement level um, when we were doing impressions. So is there anything you didn't like about the movie besides the fact that you missed the first like 10 minutes? Of it? <laughs> Maybe it's because I missed the first 10 it, minutes. You didn't really miss anything. It just was like he went shopping. Um, then he went to the, the baseball game where his son was playing baseball and like a flying saucer came flying down in the background and everybody ran away screaming. And Cillian Murphy was there sitting like on a bleacher right above them, kind of like as like their next as their neighbor, like kind of talking. to Yeah, them. it establishes that they know him and he was like a neighbor of theirs. Yeah. Oh, you see that that kind of I during the movie, I was like, how the hell did they even know Cillian Murphy? I don't understand how they knew him because they acted like they were huge friends and super close. And it, it I don't know. It was weird in the, during in the, the movie. sequel. And the third one, the aliens are just going to eat people that are late to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll die first. <laughs> yep. Um, so I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel like there was as much hype in this movie as there was in the first one. The first one, you had to be quiet, like, the entire time. It was, it was a very serious, serious movie. You were quiet the entire time. This one, there was a little bit more noise to it. So it didn't feel as anxiety-driven as the first one did. And maybe that's why I liked the first one a little bit more. It left a bigger impact than this one. This one, I'm like, man, <laughs> just let the baby die. <laughs> it's just taking up resources at this time. You know, you, you haven't you haven't had the baby that long. You can't be that emotionally attached to it. Just let it go. Oh, you're God. you're fighting to survive, and <laughs> this is the worst shit I've ever heard come out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> the baby's just gonna get you killed. Just use it as a decoy and, and let it go. Um, <laughs> the views of Aubrey Litchfield. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I only have one child. <laughs> yeah, you gave the other ones up to the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's like it all shit I shows up at the door is like rawr it's like ah, just eat this one I'm, uh, uh, you won't like it right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if I had something that's gonna scream and cry the whole time and get me killed I'm gonna give it up <laughs> <laughs> alright moving on <laughs> anything else you didn't like besides the fact that the baby didn't die <laughs> Um, <laughs> I feel like there was a lot un- unsaid in this movie. It was two hours long, but I still feel like... Well, it's a, a quiet place, not a loud talking place. <laughs> but I mean, like, the the fact that Cillian Murphy is keeping his dead wife's corpse in, in his room, I feel like that should be talked about. <laughs> At least it's more addressed before the movie ends. I mean, I guess it makes you want to see the third one, but it was a huge thing to to just let go. I don't know. It it just didn't hit the way that the the first one did. As the kids say, it didn't slap the way that the first one did. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> All right, Mark Ellis, uh, maybe you're a little less bloodthirsty over here. What about some things you didn't like about the movie? Uh, you know, this movie takes place. Like minutes after the first movie, uh, but they, uh, you know, in real life, they filmed it two years later, um, and you can tell because these kids are like 
almost the same size as their mom. <laughs> when, when even though it's like the next scene when they when they're running out of the house, I'm like, man, those kids got tall, taller. So I really had to. It, it really required you to have a uh, uh, to suspend your your um, your belief, your disbelief that it was the day after because these kids were clearly much older now. But the, you know, it's not the movie's fault. There's nothing they could do about that. But that I I did have to kind of pay attention to that. Um, I did. Ag- I do agree with Aubrey, not about the baby, but about the uh, <laughs> about Cillian Murphy's care- his storyline. It didn't quite land at all. Like again, and this is kind of why I want to see it again because I, I really like the fact that he, you know, he risked everything to go out and save the daughter. Or help the daughter and bring the daughter back. And I like that she convinced him that what her plan was, was actually worth them going out on his journey. So I liked the fact that he was there, but I didn't quite understand his full story arc. Or his full story arc didn't quite land on me when it got to his big emotional scene at the end. I, I just didn't I just didn't quite feel it. And I didn't like that Jaiman Hansu shows up. Like in the end of the movie, and I'm like, "Hey, a black character!" And then they kill him almost immediately. Um, like, Fuck. excuse me, Marcellus, he was the second black character in the movie. Oh, you mean the cop that almost died? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the other one also died with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't think I didn't. I didn't notice that too. I did catch that one, but um, well, they'll make a, a like direct-to-video sequel, A Quiet Places. <laughs> <laughs> with an all black cast. That's what I'm waiting for. I, that, that's what I want. <laughs> Quiet place in Brooklyn. That's what I want. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't like the fact that that his character died like almost automatically. But those were like the really only only negative things I had about it. Like everything else elevates the story so well that I don't even care about any other little nitpicks. It, I thought it set the story up really good. And I really enjoyed the journey, um, but this is a, a popcorn movie. Like, there isn't going to be any real big, big uh, defining things that's going to be like depressing at all. Like, the baby's not going to die. This is at the end of the, of the movie. This is going to be a uh, you're going to leave the theater and hopefully a uh, better spirits, unless you're black. <laughs> you just give you like fuck this movie. Well, you only suffer for a few seconds. So. Yeah, because they, they only they only put him on there for a few seconds. God damn it. That's right. Well, um, there's really not much I disliked about this movie. Um, and I'll agree with you guys. Cillian Murphy's storyline. Maybe I need to go see it again. Or I don't think I'll go see it again in the theaters. Maybe when it comes to quote unquote home video. Um, but I don't understand why he had his dead wife upstairs. I think that they were there and she died. And then he went and started living in the boiler room. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I know we we're supposed to. I, we're assuming his kid died early, and it was just because he said that, right? The kid died. It was just the two of them. Then she got sick, right? And she died, and then he came there, but he didn't say that they were living upstairs and that her body was still there, right? Yeah, but I again maybe he did mention it because I was still wondering why the son went off on a journey, right? Afterwards, so. I was just getting to that, but I, I also drank. All right, so this has nothing to do with a quiet place, but I drank a diet coke on the way. I bought one at the grocery store, and then I came home and forgot to drink it, so I drank it in the car on the way to the movie theater. Okay. And then when we got to the movie theater, I got a large diet coke, and I was drinking it in the movie theater, oh. and 
I was like, oh shit, I got pissed. I lit- I went to the bathroom four times during this fucking movie. <laughs> you saw just about as much as Aubrey did then. <laughs> yeah, I missed about as much as Aubrey did, but at least I didn't miss the beginning of it, right? <laughs> but um so maybe I missed that when I was pissing. Um but I didn't understand what why the sun did that. Like why did he go outside? to look around like what Aubrey did they say anything or any read did he was there a reason did I miss something like why he left the basement um I think he was waiting for his mom for too long so I think he just decided to look around I can get that I mean it's he was already like a scaredy cat kind of kid and then that's a scary situation but man like he put the baby in a box and he just like went off on his own, like a really bad idea. And I didn't, I didn't understand why he did it. And the whole time he was doing it, I'm like, stop it, stop it. This is stupid. Stop doing this. I would just wish there was a better motivation for it, Mm -hmm. but maybe it also, now that I'm sitting here thinking, puzzling my way through it, it does kind of make sense. If you were like, you know, an 11 year old kid or something and you were scared, your mom wasn't coming back. Well, you want to go look, and see if you see her or something. I don't know. It just it it seemed like a way to create tension around them that didn't quite make sense. But because the movie's so good, I'm willing to give it a pass. Yeah. Well, you you have these different characters, so you have to separate them. If you know, yeah. So each one has their different storyline, and obviously the kid can't have a storyline with just him and a baby doing something. So you know, it, it. I think it's just something for him to do. Just yeah. like you said, he's an 11 year old kid, so he doesn't really understand, you know, maybe not the consequences, but you remember the first movie, they went to the store to get medicine for him. Uh, the person that knocked over the lamp in in the first movie was him. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's his fault, but I'm just saying he needs a little bit more taken care of than some of the other characters. So you're saying maybe feed he him. should be given away. <laughs> I was just going to say feed him to the monsters instead of the baby. Okay. Um, I, I didn't say that, but, you know. It was implied. Um, the only other thing I didn't like, and it was it was sad, and it, it, it had hit the emotional point it was supposed to hit, but um, it's just a personal thing. Like, she took her wedding ring off and left it. Yeah. Um, you couldn't take this thing off my fucking hand unless you cut my hand off. <laughs> I would be real with you right now. Like, you're not taking this off me unless you cut my fucking hand off. So, like. There's no way in hell I would take that off and leave it behind. Well, it was a memorial for the family. I mean, obviously, all of the stuff from their their youngest son was there. So, yeah, maybe it just made sense for her to... She wanted to leave something as a memorial to him. I guess, but, like, I don't know. Just as somebody who's, like, extremely happily married, like, I don't know. I, I don't think even if something happened to Jen, I would take the wedding ring off. No, um, maybe until she... Until it had been about, like, three months or so, and then it was time to start dating again, but... <laughs> That's a... That's what I was going to say. Maybe she knew she was going to Cillian Murphy's house and she's like, hey. That's right. <laughs> she's like, you look like you smell really bad. Uh, <laughs> have you ever banged anyone in a boiler before? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't really have any too many complaints. I really, really like the movie. Um, and yeah, you're right, Mark. Um, I think A Quiet Place 3 is going to need uh, a little diversity thrown in. I guess you could kind of get around it by saying it was a very small town and the first movie was focused squarely on one family. Right. Um, But if you actually start to look at it, you're like, "Eh, wait a minute. (laughs) The only two black guys in the movie died within like 30 seconds. (laughs) I was so pissed. He's he's standing there in the room, not looking at the door, going, hey, maybe the the monster's gone. (laughs) Maybe everything is fine. And I'm like, dude, come on. 
isn't it true diversity if they can also have black characters show up and be just as stupid as white characters in movies? There was well, it's a double-edged sword. You need more. You need more stupid white characters. That's true. In order it to, to, to be balanced out, <laughs> it needed to be balanced out with like actual good characters of people of color. So that yeah. way, yeah. If, but it, I understand what you're saying. They probably figured, hey, if we if we let the hero of the movie be a deaf girl, then, I, then we've crossed off two boxes right yeah, there. That's we, good. We enough. Checked enough boxes <laughs> off here. Yeah. Fucking kid in a wheelchair from the Burger King Kids Club wheels in. Like, hey guys, where's the aliens? <laughs> All right. Well, um, Aubrey, before we get into scores, obviously we're going to get a sequel. What do you want from a sequel? Not a title yet. We're getting to that. What do you want from a sequel? Um, I'm kind of more interested to see like how Cillian Murphy ties into it all. But I still think that the second movie is going to lack because of that. I, you know, I think waiting until the third movie to really address why he's important is kind of stupid. I think that's as important as he is, is he's some guy that was their neighbor. <laughs> it was stupid. It's just, I don't like it. Um, I just want to, I don't even know what I would want for a third one. Okay. Uh, Mark Ellis. I want Michael B. Jordan uh, and have it take place 20 years later. And this time they've got rid of most of the aliens, but there's a chance that they might come back. And this time we bring the fight to them with space Marines. That's what I want. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Marcellus. I want a full on fucking action movie at this point. I want humans versus aliens. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sure they could find some like remnants of the military somewhere and some weapons and it's payback time. Yep. <laughs> So I, I don't think that's what we're going to get, but I really don't know where they're going to go at this point with the storyline. Cause I think the end of the first one had kind of a clear line where, okay, the mom and the baby and these kids have to go away. Right. Then at least that's a starting point for what you're going to do with the storyline. This one, it's like, all right, we could, we have this sound and we both killed these monsters, but like now what? Like, I don't know where they're going to go from here, but. Uh, maybe the next one is the, the bigger, badder, bolder sequel. So James Cameron, uh, he needs something to do in between Avatar movies. So. <laughs> Sign it over. But let's get a score. Zero to five. Five being the best and zero being the worst. Aubrey, what do you got for A Quiet Place 2? Um, I'm going to give it a three. It was okay, but it wasn't like super crazy good. I probably wouldn't watch it again just like oh i'm bored let me watch a quiet place too you know okay all right um and it's okay to be wrong sometimes aubrey um <laughs> mark Ellis, how about you uh you know originally i was going to give it a 3.5 but i'm actually going to give it a four because it has a goal that it sets out to do and it actually really accomplishes it um and the final sequence of the kid the both of the kids you know coming into their own um, and standing up to these creatures, I thought was really cool and uh, really kind of really kind of left the movie at a, at, on a good note. So, um, yeah, I'm giving it a four out of five. All right. Well, I'm going four and a half out of five. I thought this was fucking phenomenal. I was on the edge of my seat, whether it was the movie or having to piss. Um, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And I agree with you, Aubrey. I'm probably never going to watch this again. And because... I don't know how much fun a watch it would be a second time through once you know what's going to happen. 
Um, but even knowing what's going to happen, it's too much, man. It's like a fucking panic attack for two hours. Like, I don't want, it's not a fun watch to me. <laughs> That's not a, let's sit down and watch something enjoyable. Oh, okay. Here's this movie where I think a baby's going to die for two hours. Now, Aubrey might be excited about that, <laughs> but uh, that's not an exciting thing for me. So it's a four and a half out of five as a movie. I loved it. I thought it was fucking great, but I probably will never watch it again. So that's it. That is our review of A Quiet Place 2. Uh, let us know what you thought. Jump on social media. Slide in those DMs. Let us know what you thought of A Quiet Place 2. And now we're going to wrap it up before we tap it up. We're not going to do recommendations this week. What I want to know from you guys is if you're we're going to make A Quiet Place 3, and we're getting one, especially if there's a box office this weekend, what should the title be, Aubrey? Come on, feel the noise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it should be a quiet place, colon, come on, feel the noise? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking good. That's good. Markellis, how about you? Yeah, I can't top that. I'm, I am I still think it needs to go to Brooklyn. So a quiet place three, let's get loud in Brooklyn. That's what I want. Do you no think sleep th- till Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> should the theme song be uh, We Love It Loud by Kiss? <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, well. Right off the bat, I, I mentioned uh, this on Facebook, and my friend Joe Lestowski just knocked it out of the fucking park with Quiet Place Tokyo. Shh. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I don't think I'm going to have anything better than that. But, uh, you know, mine were, were um, you know, obviously the classics, A Quiet Places. Right. Uh, A Quiet Place 3, colon, The Loud Place. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Loud House and not the Loud House Justice League crossover fan fiction that guy had that time. But yeah, I got nothing. I, I have nothing that will top any of the cool stuff you guys came up with, but I appreciate it. And you know what would be a great thing for a sequel would be if people went to SoWizardPodcast.com where they found the podcast every week and links to all their social media accounts on the right hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Spotify, Amazon Music, and just about anywhere under the sun that you find podcasts, we will be there. Check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Podcast. There's hours of free exclusive content there, interviews, unboxings, trailer reactions, and more. We just dropped uh, our first Netflix press access review, an early review of Sweet Tooth, um, which actually may be out by the time that you watch it at this point. But uh, it was early, and it's spoiler-free, so check that out. We also did a, an interview with one of the stars of Psycho Goreman was uh, on there as well. So check that out. Uh, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com backslash so is podcast where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive episodes and more. Uh, last month, it was the only place to hear our review of Mitchell's versus the Machines. And there's also some exciting more content on there. So check it out. And uh, yeah, I have nothing else to say. So uh, that's going to do it for episode number 356 in a row of the So Wizard podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, my co-hosts, the queen of all dead babies, Aubrey Litchfield. You find her and you bring her back to me. <laughs> and the experts, Mr. Marquis, Marquellis Reagan. Uh, justice for Jaiman Hansu. Uh, everybody have a good week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week for Cruella. Good journey.
a riot. 